Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a great message from one of our guest speakers. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. I first went over to the mission field with Steve, I think back in 96, 96, yeah, yeah, yeah. September 96, oh my God, you've got a good memory. And uh, I, I, what I gathered from there that you are integral, you are disciplined, and I love the way that you managed your money. You had a little book, every expenditure was written down. You're so accountable, and I appreciate uh, I appreciated that seeing that, and uh, and I know I can recommend you to anyone in what you're doing. You've learnt the language, how you've done that, you and Anne. That is just just slow. That is awesome. Um, I'm going to give this to you. Yeah, it's been an interesting journey learning the language. I got to tell you. Is that right? We've uh, Phil. We've just gone back into language school over the last couple of months, right. we're looking at planning a church next year, and we just felt that we needed to get our language up to the capacity wow. of preaching and teaching, so yeah, yeah. we've gone back, and especially focusing on reading the Bible and yeah. being able to express the, uh, the concepts of the scriptures. It so is a very difficult language. It's a challenge. It's seriously a challenge. Can yeah. you talk to us, like say something to the church in Thai? Yeah. Jacob. Is that? Put that yeah. Okay. That I just said, yes, I, said, I, yes I can. Because I speak Thai. <laughs> That's it. Let's give it up for Steve and then we'll let him. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, mate. I just want to share something real quickly. This is kind of just when Julie was preaching this morning or leading this morning. And uh, I can't remember whether it was her or Phil that got up and talked about giving, opening up the gates from Psalm 24. But listen to what it says in the Good News translation. It says, fling wide the gates. Open up the ancient doors and the great king will come in. Fling wide the gates. You know, sometimes when we're talking about opening the door to God, it's like, who's there? You know? And, uh, or, you know, you know, when somebody comes and knocks on the door and you don't, you're a bit embarrassed about the house, so you sort of come out on the front porch and close the door. Or, you know, you, someone comes to the door and you, you're not sure you want to invite them into your family, and so you sort of come out and just have the door just a little bit open, you know. And uh, sometimes I think we're like that with God. We, we want to keep the door closed and just kind of peek through because we're a bit embarrassed about what's in there. Folks, he knows what's in there. He knew before he came. You know, you know those, those people that you know, you know what their house is going to be like and you think, oh man, I don't want to go there today. God's never like that. He knows what's in there and he keeps showing up. Every day, every day, knocking on the door, let me in. And so the Bible encourages us, don't be embarrassed. Fling the gates open so he can just come in. You see, if he can have free access, he can fix what's out the back. Amen? He can do that. So I want us to, uh, can we just go straight to the slide? I'm I'm used to uh, preaching with an interpreter, which is really cool. Yeah, well, <laughs> the, the great thing about preaching with an interpreter is you get a pause every sentence 
to think about what you're going to say next. It's excellent. But one of the things that we do do is we go from place to place, as Anne was saying, and uh, we, we've got a lovely friend named Aranya. She's not a Christian yet, but we've had the privilege of praying for her several times. And uh, she's really open to it. I'm just walking up here because I want to get one of these uh, things from down here that um, she makes. Now, in Thai, this verse says, Rao Ben Phi Prahat which means we are the handicraft of God. And so Aranya is this stunningly beautiful Thai lady. I mean, she's a really, really pretty lady. And she'd be in her middle 30s, 30, late 30s. And, and she makes those with her hands. It's handicrafts. It's something she pours over and creates herself and designs herself and just puts so much of herself into that. And it's magnificent. Now, I didn't bring that out. Actually, Phil, oh, I can see that there. On the floor? Okay. Actually, no. Oh. I'll leave that alone now. <laughs> so this morning I want to talk to you real quickly about the fact that we are God's handiwork. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he prepared beforehand. Can we go to the next slide? I'm going to take you through this really quick, the first bit. As for you, oh, this is the bad part of the story. Let's read it together. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were deserving of wrath. We deserved God's wrath. And if we can go to the next slide... I'm kind of going through this quick because I want to get to the last slide, and that's what I want to talk to you about. But this is kind of all the introduction. You know, we read that bit about following the ways of the world, and this has become really pertinent to us in Thailand because how many of you know you don't recognize your own culture? Are you aware of that? Your culture happens all around you, and you don't know what's happening. Now, this morning, we've got a, a visitor from the United States, and their culture's a little bit different to ours, and ours is a, a little bit different. Sorry, not that lady. This lady here. I knew it was one of these ladies. But, but I'm sure you have seen things in the Australian culture, and you went, oh, wow, that's different to what we do at home. You know, now, when we go to Thailand, we're confronted with something that is seriously different from what we do at home. And in the church culture, we've come up against stuff that is strangely different to what we do with, put up with, would allow at home, you know. And it says that we follow the ways of the world. In other words, we are conditioned by our culture to do and to move certain things. Let me give you an example. In Thai culture, there's a, uh, what they call the Pinong culture. P is the word for older, like P, uh, Pichai is older brother. Pichai is older sister. Nongchai is younger brother. Nongsao is younger sister. Right? So Pinong, the Pinong culture means the way they relate to one another by virtue of age. So Garth, which one of you, you guys is older? So here's your P. And so if he asks you to do something, 
That's all right. You're his nong. I think I'd rather be a P than a nong. But see, what happens in Thai culture is if this guy asks this guy to do something, it's very difficult for him to say no. Very difficult. Now, I was talking to a couple of young girls at the, at the orphanage one day because I was doing some research on this kind of stuff and they asked what I was doing. And I, t- I said, look, I'm, I'm looking at Thai culture. And she said, what does that mean? You know, explain it. And I said, well, you, you guys, you know, if somebody older than you asked you to do something and you knew it was bad or wrong, would you do it? And they said, oh, Pastor said, yeah, we would. And even though you knew it was wrong, even if it was something that the Bible said was wrong, they said, yeah, we would. See, sometimes we don't follow the ways of the word. We follow the ways of the world. We're controlled by our culture. And the scary thing is, we don't know what's happening. Because it happens internal. It's part of the internal wiring. And it's only as we begin to read the word and, and look at ourselves and read the word, look at it and say, hang on. Who says that? I don't do that. Man, I need to, I need to get in line with what this says. Because I've been doing this other thing, you know. Or control, government. The, uh, we lived amongst the, the one who was the ruler of the kingdom of there, of the government. And so there's, there's say, the devil, Satan, you know, he, he's real, just in case you wondered. It's not like Santa Claus, you know. The difference between Santa Claus and Satan is Santa Claus isn't real. Just, are the kids all out? Yeah, excellent. Um, you know, you, you did know that, didn't you? You kind of, you, you clued in on that one. It's, got, it's all good now. Anyway, enjoy your Christmas. It's coming up in a couple of weeks. But see, the devil is real and he controls us through fear. Through, oh, should I do that? Should I step out? Should I get engaged? Should I marry this strange surfy dude from wherever he's from up north? I mean... You're not from Queensland, though, are you? No, thank you. Pretty much. No, but oh. yeah, hang on. Have you seen Clive Palmer on television? Fair dinkum. You're either from Queensland or you're not. Yeah. You know, but do I... And, and all this kind of pressure the devil puts on us when we have to step out and serve the Lord to control us and to bring us into a small place. See, God wants to bring us into a, a large place, a place of serving him. And the devil wants to keep us in a small place controlled by fear. And then secondly, the influence of spirits. See, we, we need to understand that even the spirit of the age, there's an, there's an influence that comes upon us. And I can't, I'd love to spend the whole morning on that, but I can't. I've just got to keep going. So if we go to the next slide. So this is the way the Common English Bible puts it. At one time you were like all of those persons. All of you used to do whatever felt good and whatever you thought you wanted so that we were children headed for punishment just like everyone else. Okay, next screen. Now, the good news. But God. These would be my two favorite words in the whole Bible. You know, if I could only, if somebody said to me, you can only read two words out of the Bible every day, and it has to be the same two words for the rest of your life. These are the two that I choose. But God. See, because I know what it says after the but God. I I can just kind of, I can go, 
But God. And then my mind just plays the rest of that. But God. Rich in mercy because of his great love. Oh, how he loves us. It's, it's great love. Julie, it's not just dumb love. It's not just puppy love. You were doing a great job this morning. Even when we... Listen to this. Remember I said about the door and he knows what's behind it? Even when we were dead in our transgressions and sins. In other words, even when we were spiritually dead, even when we weren't his friend, the Bible says that he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus where we are blessed. So that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Okay, next slide, thanks. But God. But who's grateful that God decided to butt into their life? Anyone? Anyone here? You know, one day you were just going wrong, your merry way, following the culture, under the control of the devil, influenced by spirits. But God just butted into your life. And just went, just gave you a glimpse. And you went, wow. And you began to chase him. I love this. If you ever get a chance to hear these, these guys' stories, I love their stories, you know, of where they came and what they were doing when they found God or when God found them and, and how he just went, you know, and just gave them a glimpse. And they went, wow. And they just began to follow him. And stuff started falling off, you know. I'm so grateful that God butted into my life. Okay, next screen. He quickened us. In other words, he made us alive. He saved us. He raised us. Anybody feel like they need some raising today? You know, you're not real happy with the kind of level you're on. The Bible says he raised us up and he seated us, you know, with Christ in the heavenly realms. Okay, keep going. Now, this is the bit, one of the bits I wanted to get to. I love this. Listen to this. So God can point to us in all future ages, as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united in Christ Jesus. You know, at Channel 9, I think, you know, I'm just trying to remember back when I've seen television programs about the inner workings of the TV channel. But at Channel 9, I believe, outside, kind of there's a corridor that runs down to the major boardroom. And on that corridor... It's the pictures of all their stars. You know, and there probably was a time where, what's the guy that used to do the, Don Lane, Don Lane would have been there, the guy that used to do the, the, the midday show. Mike Walsh, he would have been there, and all those other ones, you know, you'd walk down, oh yeah, I remember, I know him, yeah. God's got a corridor with pictures on it. They're examples of his grace. And as you walk down the corridor, if you don't know those folks, you wouldn't recognize them. You know, but God, he's always walking that corridor. And one day he'll walk us down that corridor and we'll see someone and go, hey, it's Wendy. Let me, let me tell you about Wendy. Wendy was a single mum. Husband cleared out, four little kids. Real lot of problems. Came from a drug background. Difficult when I, when I butted into her life. But I, I, I worked on her. I loved her. I nurtured her. And, and she had her struggles, but she raised all of those kids. And, you know, two of those kids are in ministry today and you know, the others are doing really well. And I just, I put her up on the wall because I wanted to show you what grace looks like when it's fleshed out in someone's life. You see, sometimes the ones we think 
are going to be on God's wall won't be the ones that are on God's wall. You know, because he, he wants to show examples of grace, not ability. You know? Okay, next, next slide. For by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not as a result of work, so that no one can boast. And here's where I wanted to get to today. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we should walk in them. Can you go to the next slide? Thanks. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watch me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. Even, uh, sorry, as I was woven together in the darkness of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. These are the words of David from Psalm 139. You made us. You see, God wove you together in your mother's womb for a reason. So you, you, you think God butted into your life at 35. Well, <clears throat> he did, but he knew you before you were born. And see, when you were conceived, you thought God didn't know you. He knew you. He knew all about you. He knew his plan that he had for you. And while you were being woven together in your mother's womb, he was there joining the dots, putting all the connections together, wiring you up a certain way so that you would act a certain way, think a certain way, feel a certain way because he had a plan and a purpose for your life. We are his handiwork. Okay, thanks for the next slide. See, God made us. Andrew, he made you. He knows what gets you going. And one of the things that, that amazes me is when, <clears throat> when we come to the to the church in the olden days, not in this church, heaven, heaven forbid, but in the olden days, when, when you come to church, they tell you stuff, you've got you to let all that go. All the things you like, you've just got to let them all go, and you've just got to serve Jesus. Well, see, Jesus made you to like the things that you like for a reason. So that when he puts you in place, it's like, you know, there's, there's times when you put something in place and it just slips in and it's right. There's, like when you're working on a car, there's the other times when it's not, you've got to encourage it. You know, with an encourager. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've, I've made brake pads work as a clutch, just with an, no, I haven't really. But God made, he, he knows us. He equips us. You know, you, you thought it was a horrible upbringing. No, no, no. God was just equipping you what he had for you to do, for your purpose. He was working stuff into us. Listen to this one. He sets our limits. He knows what we're capable of, what we're not capable of. He knows our abilities. You know, there's this, has anybody seen the thing on Facebook just recently about Gen Y? Anybody see that? And how, you know, the kind of, I call them the Disneyland generation. They've, they've, grown up watching Disneyland on TV and they all think they're going to be a princess or a prince or, and the world tells them that and we, you know, we sometimes even get into that in the church, you know. We get young, young guys and we go, oh, God's got a great future for you. You're going to do so well. Well, we don't know that. I mean, we've all got a great future. 
But, you know, you could be the president of the United States if you wanted to. Well, you couldn't be because you're not a president. But, you know, you could be prime minister of Australia. Well, let's think about that for a minute. Does anybody know how many prime ministers of Australia there has been? 28. On the 18th of September, the 28th prime minister of Australia was sworn in. 28. 28 prime ministers. And since Federation, we, we looked this up on the computer before church, you know, I, I don't know who that young man is, but he's a genius. He's a genius. He says, I said, I need to find this information. He said, oh, you need to look on this. What was it called? No, it wasn't good. Come on, anybody can use Google. Yeah, whatever he said. It was some obscure website I've never seen before. And, uh, but it, it told us that there's like there's 10 million people have emigrated to Australia. And there's about another 30 million, I think it said, have been born here since Federation, since 1900. So like out of 40 million people, only 28 of them, got to be prime minister you know you could be prime minister and you couldn't i don't think so you only went to third class you won't get to be prime minister but you know what i mean so we're told all this sort of stuff god knows what our abilities are and he sets our limits and see sometimes when we're sold this kind of come on you can you can do anything you want to do we're, we're, we're sold a bill of goods and see, you don't know that until you get to be 56. See, when you're 16, you go, yes, I can do anything. And then you get to 36 and you've been through three jobs and two wives and you go, oh, gee, it wasn't as good as they said it was going to be. See, God knows our limits and he knows our abilities. Now look at this, what it says here, next screen. made these things for us. These designs, these purposes, these plans, he made them so we might strive in them. Is that what it says? So we might push hard against the door and somehow open them up for us. No, it says he made them so we might walk in them. Just walk in them. When I'm walking, I'm, nothing's happening. I'm just walking. My, my knees are still good enough so that there's not even any clicking, which is amazing, really. It just, I can just walk in it, you know? I just, we don't even think about walking, do we, Pastor Phil? Uh, not until we get one of those little... And, you know, you've got to think about... I've noticed that uh, I've stopped lifting up my feet up. It's only probably about half an inch. But I've noticed I've started tripping over. You know, when you're walking, you oh. <laughs> You know, there's nothing there. And, and you realize that you're just not quite lifting your feet up as high as you used to. But see, God makes this stuff so we can walk in it. It's natural. No, not, not natural as in fleshly. I mean, it suits the way we're made. You know, who, who's found something they're doing right now and they're just walking in it? Has anyone found that? You know, you just, when you find out just go to this last scripture. I love this scripture. Brian Houston preached this a couple of months ago, and I heard it, and I thought, oh, I love that. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. 
Long before we first heard of Christ or got, and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose, he is working out in everything and everyone. See, God's got a plan, a master plan that he's weaving together, and that's to bring glory to his son Christ. And in that, you're part of that plan. You're, you're one of the jigsaw pieces that goes in. You're not the whole picture. Just in case you're thinking this morning that I'm the whole picture, I'm the whole deal. No, you're not. But who's ever seen it? There's nothing more infuriating than a jigsaw puzzle with one piece missing. Don't you hate that? I hate that. Because, you know, it's, it's almost perfect. See, we're like a jigsaw puzzle. If we're not there, it's not really happening. But we're not the whole deal. We're not the whole picture. But there's something about finding your place, what God called you for, what he anointed you for, what he blessed you for. Now, you might say, I don't know what that is. I, I'm just at home raising my four kids. Hello? Hello? You know, if, if that's all that you do, and it won't be, but if that's all you do, right there is awesome. You know, you're, you're molding four lives. That, that, you know, our, our desire is that our kids will go faster, higher, harder than we did. You know, and I, I want to encourage you guys that, you, see, you got to start here. You didn't get to start down here. With, you know, you kind of started on the shoulders. So go for it. But when we are in our place, we just walk in it. And it feels normal. It's Holy Ghost. It's supernatural. But it feels kind of normal. And God begins to, you know, like the, the stuff that, that happens here on a Sunday morning, that doesn't happen every day, does it? You know, you don't wake up in the morning and Pastor Julie comes out while you're having your cornflakes and starts singing, He loves me. You know, Pastor Phil says, just leave your cornflakes and come here and let me pray for you. It, it, it doesn't happen like that on a regular day. You know, what, what happens on a regular day is while you're eating your cornflakes, does it hurt house? <laughs> while you're eating your cornflakes, God drops something into your mind. And, you know, it, the, the problem is it just looks like an ordinary thought. And it's hard to tell the difference. But sometimes it's sometimes it's easy to tell the difference. Sometimes it's... You know, when I know it's really God, I have a simultaneous thought that says, that's awesome, I wish I'd thought of that. Man, that's awesome. I just had an awesome thought. Wish I'd thought of that, because I know where it came from. It wasn't me, I'm not that good. But we just begin to walk in it. And, and God's magnificence is clothed with our limitation, and he's happy with that. And he begins to do these amazing things through ordinary people because he wants to put us on the wall. As examples. Amen? Let's stand together. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you this morning for your workmanship. God, we ask that as we look at those that to our left and to our right, we would not be 
God tricked or deceived by the ordinariness about the way they look. But God, we recognize that your hand has been at work within them all these years to make them who you want them to be so that they might do what you want them to do. God, we pray. I I pray for this congregation. Lord, that they would find that thing that is so easy that they can just begin to walk in it because you've been preparing it since before the foundation of the world. God, when they were in their mother's womb, you were laying things into the fabric of their being that one day they might just walk in it. God, as they were growing up, you took them through valleys and mountains and different circumstances that that affected and altered the way they think and they feel. God, that one day they might just walk in it. And I thank you for the healing that you bring so that you can release those scars to be stars and to be things that take them higher. Father, we pray that, uh, Lord, as we imagine your wall, just imagine the people you know and begin to let let our imagination run wild at my, what you might say about them and how you might understand their circumstances and the times that they came through. And God, that you would... God, you'd call, open our eyes to see grace at work. We thank you for it. We thank you for the grace of God in our life. Lord, we ask that today we would have an increased confidence in you that would enable us to fling wide the doors of our life and let you come in. God, that we might be able to walk in it. The Tugra and this whole region might be able to see what it looks like and rejoice with us. We bless you today, Lord, in Jesus' name. We thank you for all you're doing in and through us and through this church. In the name of Jesus, amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3telgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.